Hey Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty and I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. So this week, our interviews are a little different because we went to three different press events and it was really exciting. We got to talk to the cast of Living on Love, which begins performances at the Long Acre on April 1st, and you can go to Telecharge for tickets to that show. We also got to talk to the cast of MTC's Airline Highway, including Julie White. That begins performances also on April 1st, and tickets are also available at Telecharge. We also talked to the cast of The Hunchback of Notre Dame on their opening night at Paper Mill Playhouse in beautiful Milburn, New Jersey. That show's running through April 5th, and you can get tickets for that show at papermill.org. Enjoy the interviews! We're here with Anna Klumski. Hi, Anna. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm I'm well as can be. (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations on the show. We're really excited to see it. Thanks so much. Well, we're excited for you guys to see it as well. (laughs) Who's more difficult to work with, Douglas Sills or Trixie? Um, Well, considering that today is the first time we've met Trixie, I would say Trixie because she hasn't shown up to rehearsals. Yeah. Yeah, have I hear you, dogs want to sleep a lot or something, but well, have, have you guys had like a stand-in for Trixie in rehearsals? Who's um, it's uh, uh, I, I hope I'm not offending her by saying she's she's a stuffed variety of of, of dog. <laughs> it is kind of one of those delicious things, though. Every every day at rehearsal, some you know we're all. I mean, we're all adults, debatable, but you know, we're, we are, we're all of age to be adults. And, uh, you know, to, to be at rehearsal, you know, getting your paycheck, going, you know, going to work, and then you get to just see like Renee Fleming just kind of talking, but also holding on to a stuffed animal, and Scott Robertson just holding on to a stuffed animal while we just discuss other things. It's, it's kind of, it's really a delicious little, uh, little morsel of, of our jobs. <laughs> it's a great surprise, you know, adults holding stuffed animals. How well would you do in a Jeopardy category about opera? Oh. You know, not as well as I'd like to say. I, I, um, I grew up with it in the house because my father's an enormous opera fan. Uh, but I think it's one of those like cobbler's children have no shoes thing because I, I think I took it for granted growing up, and so I, um, I never really educated myself uh, on it the way the way someone um, the way so many opera fans do. So I, I certainly enjoy it. I can appreciate it, and uh, and I've seen my share. But um, and, and yes, I, I really do love love good opera. But um, but Jeopardy. I, I mean, I guess how does that tally up? I don't know. I would do average. I would probably get 50 percent of the. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't bet a lot for Daily Double though. Yeah. Is your dad excited to see the show then? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's excited. He's definitely excited. And he's a. He, I mean, he's a huge Broadway fan. And we have this like vaudeville lineage in my family where my great grandpa, you know, was opened for the Three Stooges. And so like when, you know, yeah, when I'm in a Broadway show, my dad's, my dad's uh, all smiles for sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations. We can't wait to see the show. It sounds great. It's a romp. It's just, it's a romp. You'll have so much fun. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Romp on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. 
We're here with Douglas Sills. Hi, Patty and Emily. We're Patty and Emily. Emily and Patty. Patty and Emily. We, we stand in order. Yep. Do you do that on purpose? We yeah. do, because we We're used like to Daisy not. like and Violet. Yep. I'm Daisy. I don't sing. Oh my God, please sing. Liar! Liar! I'm a, I'm a conductor. I am a, a symphonic conductor. <laughs> We're missing show. all of this brilliance. No, I'm recording. Oh, good. Uh, I'm a symphonic conductor, and I'm hot-blooded, and uh, I'm working very hard to not embarrass my fellow countrymen in uh, Italy. And uh, I am married to the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth, and she's a crazy. <laughs> I'm a normal, and she's a crazy. Now, she would probably say the opposite. You understand I'm talking about Trixie, the dog, now. <laughs> What's going on? That's a great accent. Grazie tante. They have this Prego. lady named... Um, Deborah Hecht, who's this great dialectician, and she teaches in uh, something called the phonetic alphabet, which we learned in graduate school. So she writes everything out. If you're not, and uh, I've been listening to and watching videos online and uh, calling friends who have friends in Italy just to listen to them, and then you have to find the person who is embodying the the rhythm that you are looking for, and how long has the character been in the states and. And does he talk for a living? Like he talks to musicians all day, so he has to make himself understood. Anyway, so it's fun. I like it. How well would you do in a Jeopardy category about opera? That's a great question. Uh, it depends. Are they softballs or are they like, like, are they throwing them hard? Like, I probably wouldn't do well with detailed questions about the history of opera performance. But if you said who wrote or where is this aria from, this famous aria, not, I'd probably do okay. It hasn't been a passion of mine. I did study a little bit when I was trying to find out what I was going to do for a living. I did study opera for a little while. But it, 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 it's not that I didn't like the material. I just thought I didn't fit in with the people. So I said, this is not going to be my profession. So I like it. I just haven't got around to... Uh, participating a lot and I think it's going through a real change I talk to Renee about it a lot because I'm curious and getting young people into this sort of what is known as a dusty art form it's been interesting and to watch the acting evolve from just stand and bark to like actors they're acting the roles and what is expected of them and uh, so it's it's an interesting thing to watch the form change because as we know we think People who aren't devoted to it think of it as a rich person's sport. Well, it can't survive like that, I don't think. So it's been interesting to watch it evolve and to talk to her about the evolution because she's witnessed so much of it, being 30 years old now. You know, she's... <laughs> so uh, I'm not a devotee, but I'm certainly getting used to it. And I listen to her, and I'll tell you what. When you hear those melodies in rehearsal, it's um, completely disarming. There's something otherworldly that happens with music, as we all know. And when these are the greatest musical phrases in, that we've ever known, some of the most famous opera and symphonic phrases that we listen to, it's just, it, it's like being in a beautiful room. It's like having a wonderful dinner. It just fills you up and it, it inspires you to do great, important, fully investigated work when that music is playing before and after every scene or she's singing a little bit or you're hearing her record play while you're rehearsing. 
So um, it, you feel really lucky. I mean, it's great being in any musical, which I have had the opportunity to do. This is not a musical. It's a play with a lot of music in it. But they're not the world's greatest melodies. They're wonderful composers, but these are time-tested, the greatest melodies in the history of man. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it feels great. So who had more in their rider, you or Trixie? <laughs> well, um, I have more in my rider about pooping. <laughs> you know, I, I have very, very specific rules about pooping. I can't have people within a thousand feet of me. I have to have certain litter. I, you know, I just can't, you can't put just any litter in my box. It's, there's a company called World's Greatest Litter and there's not a lot of clay dust, you know. So yeah, I have my Only requirements. The I have Only my the best. requirements. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see what the results of, of these requests so are. much fun. The waves of laughter that we've had when we did it in Williamstown were so exciting and fun to watch Renee because she's never experienced that. Mm. You know, in opera, you, you're, you know, even the funny ones, you get a titter, but this was like waves of laughter and you could see her it was like watching one of those movies with a heroin addict injecting for the first time. <laughs> you could see her like, oh my God. I said, she's never going to sing another opera note in her life. So chase that high. We were, we were really lucky and they loved it and people were coming to see her and it was unexpected. I think they, you know, they come to see the tenor crack. They come to see her fall on her face because she's doing something she doesn't have a ton of experience with. And she, she just soared. She was, she was great and I think they loved it. They like, they like an underdog. Well, congratulations. Thanks, we can't wait to see We can't wait to see it. I'm glad. We're here with Joe DiPietro. Hi, how are you, Patty and Emily? We're great. Good. I don't know if you know, we did some stuff for Memphis. Memphis. I was about to just say, I recognize you guys, you did, were great. You did, you hosted a party for us, yeah. I think. Yes, yes, very funny, yes. We love Memphis, and congratulations on all the Olivier Award nominations. No, unbelievable, I mean, I shouldn't say unbelievable, but <laughs> <laughs> happily surprising, you know, nine Olivier's, it's a great production there. It's still done by Chris Ashley and Sergio Trujillo, but the Brits, and what's great about working with the Brits on the show, is in rehearsal, they're like, so Yui, I'm going to kill you, Yui, and then they go, was that okay, love? So it's like this, like, what, where am I, what are they doing? But they're great, the, the, the cast is terrific, so it's been really gratifying. Good. Well, also congratulations on this new show, Living on Love. Yeah, Living on Love. I can't believe it. You know, it's a big old Broadway, a big old screwball comedy. We're bringing to Broadway, starring uh, Renee Fleming, who not only has one of the best voices in the world, turns out she's very funny. Who knew? Doug Sills, who is you know a genius on stage. Uh, Anna Klumsky and Jerry O'Connell, uh, who are terrific, and it's just been a great cast and a great and great uh, experience so far. Who's more difficult to work with, Douglas Sills or Trixie? Uh, definitely Douglas Sills. Because Trixie is good, because you give her a treat, and then she'll go in the corner and sleep. <laughs> Doug, I don't think actually sleeps, because he is just there to always be the center of attention. So it's definitely Doug Sills is very, very hard. How well would you do on a Jeopardy category on opera? Not well, I hate to say. <laughs> Renee Fleming, I think I would do very well on because I've read her biography and I know her now and I've seen her, but I would not do well. I'm a layman opera guy. I would do well on the Broadway category, I think. <laughs> I think, I think, actually. You know what? Yeah, yeah, it's funny because there's also like um, quiz uh, things you can do on your phone and every once in a while like a Memphis question or an All Shook Up question will come up and I'll have to like think about it for a second. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm too close. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, 
so yeah. <laughs> well, we're very excited to do this show. Congratulations. And I will say this about Living on Love, we're the only Broadway comedy this season without a hand puppet. So we're very, that may really sets us apart. We're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're Mavericks. Mavericks. <laughs> we are blazing a new path. We don't have a hand puppet or Larry David, so we're very unique. We feel good. Rooting for the underdog. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> We're here with Blake Hammond. Congratulations on the show. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Tell us about your role. I play a character named Bruce. Um, he's one of two live-in butlers that live in the home with Raquel and Vito DeAngelis. He's taken care of them for 30 years. Do you have a lot of like door slamming and quick entrances? We have a lot of entrances and exits. Uh, Scott and I make about 26 entrances exits in the place. So, yeah, we're in and out, we're in and out, we're in and out, we're in and out. Wonderful. Who's uh, more difficult to work with, Douglas Sills or Trixie? Douglas Sills, of course. Have you met him? Hello. Uh, <laughs> Trixie's a doll. No, and, and actually, Doug Sills is a doll, too. We actually uh, played Brothers a year and a half ago, two years ago. We were the Gomez and Fester on the national tour of Adam's Family together. Oh, amazing. I would have I seen that show again, also because they changed it a lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. And, we, and for the better, I might add. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. How well would you do in a Jeopardy category about opera? Uh, probably not very well at all. I, I, you know, musical theater guy, theater guy, and uh, plays maybe, but opera, I, you know, I, I don't, I probably name some, a few op famous opera arias or something, but I wouldn't know a lot of names of performers or, but I know one performer that's a diva <laughs> and she's fantastic. She's been a glorious woman to work with. You know, she just is lovely and kind and willing and ready to play. So a diva in the opera sense of the word. Absolutely. Not a diva at all in, in the life sense of the word. There, we haven't had any divas in this process at all, including writers, directors, any of the actors. It's been a lot of fun. Great. Well, congratulations. We can't wait to see the show. Thank you. You're going to have a ball. Trust me, you're going to have a ball. It's, you're going to laugh. You're, you're, well, I won't say it off. <laughs> you can say it. This podcast is explicit. Asses. <laughs> Tell us about your role in the show. Um, well, I'm Scott Robertson, and I play Eric in Living on Love. And uh, it is really, uh, I play a servant. I'm one of two servants. It's Blake Hammond and I. And we have a great time. Um, it's not, we do everything uh, in unison, basically, you know. But, but I also get to do, you know, I also get to do everything that I've done over 40 years of my career on Broadway and off-Broadway. Um, I get to play the piano a little. I get to sing a little. Uh, I sing a little opera here and there. Although uh, you've been told probably it's not a musical. But I do, uh, I do get to uh, sort of open up my big chops you know i've done a few opera i've done new york city opera and i've done the canadian opera company and chautauqua opera so i've done a little uh, a little on this side a little opera uh, on the side <laughs> so how well would you do in a jeopardy category about opera oh i don't think i would do great except i do know that tosca jumps off the thing at the end of the 
at, at the end of Tosca. Really old spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. I, that was a spoiler alert. Like, I'm like sorry. I'm sorry old. for Tosca fans who didn't know that. But um, I remember seeing like a Zeffirelli Tosca. I haven't been to the Met that much. <laughs> Who's more difficult to work with, Douglas Sills or Trixie? Oh, Doug Sills. Uh, way, way. <laughs> Doug Sills is pretty funny. I've got to say, he's. I've been a, a huge fan of his over the years. I've never worked with him, uh, but I saw him in an amazing one-night-only performance of On the 20th Century with Marin Maisie. It was the Actors Fund, and it was one night. And it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And I went, and then when I heard he was doing this, I said, look, it's a perfect, perfect, perfect role. He's pretty damn funny. And he stops rehearsals very often. <laughs> diva. It's a diva. It's a diva. Well, we can't wait to see it. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, you guys. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's really going to be fun. I think it's really, we're having fun. So hopefully the audience will have as much fun as we're having. We can, we'll see. <laughs>
Would Diva Renee will be singing opera. I think if people pay money to come see this, they want to see Ladiva Renee sing opera. I will not be singing opera. I do lip sync a recording of Ladiva Renee uh, singing Tosca. So I do a little like Britney action, oh, a little like shade. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's really funny because you know I play a very big fan of of Ladiva Raquel, who is the character that Ladiva Renee plays, and Tosca comes on, and I do like a lip sync version of it. And it's it's just really fun. Hey, you know, because I lip sync it, I've had to learn like all the Italian. It's it's crazy. I don't know how. Opera singers do it. I don't know how Ladiva does it. I had to learn like Italian words. You know, and I'm singing it, and I had to get the translation because I have to know what I'm singing because you have to act it out. And um, I mean, I, I can't sing. If I had to learn that song in English, I, I probably couldn't do it. It's crazy. Fun though. Well, we heard you took uh, improv classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. So it sounds like Douglas Sills is helping you keep up with those skills. We, we are uh, UCB also people. grads. Oh, really? Did we? Uh, were we in a class together or anything? No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My my uh, improv skills with Douglas Sills. He's a nut, man. I love him. He's a lovable. He's a lovable nut. He's really fun, and you know he plays this like over-sexualized like maestro who's like always like making like sexual jokes, <laughs> um, and he's uh, he, he's he's just great. He, he, I I love him. I mean, can I keep up with him? Yes. Uh, is he shockingly offensive? Yes. <laughs> Will Living on Love Human Resources be contacting him? Yes. Um, it's just great. I think people are gonna really like it. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, we have one part. I am nude, not like full frontal, like Equus show it all nude, not like Hedwig. Uh, is there frontal? I haven't seen it. Tiny, tiny yeah. underwear. All right. Um, but um, I have a funny scene with, with Devo Renee where I'm very scantily clad. And um, uh, Douglas's character, the maestro, walks in, and we have we've rehearsed it. I'd say, you know, we've rehearsed it a bunch. We've not been able to get through it without laughing yet. And we keep saying, "Oh, we'll get used to it. We'll get used to it." But we're a little worried. You know, you you gotta be worried like when these things get reviewed and all that stuff. Like, oh god. But we have not been able to do it without breaking. You'll get it. <laughs> well, congratulations. We can't wait to see the Much show. Well, we're here with, as Jerry O'Connell calls her, La Diva, Renee Fleming. Congratulations. Oh, La Diva. I like that. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's good. You know, my my, my uh, thing about the word diva is that it's now, you know, their toilet paper is called diva. You know, it's just become so ubiquitous. But it used to, it stemmed from a classical theater and opera uh, more than 100 years ago, the word. So who's more difficult to work with, Douglas Sills or Trixie? Well, Trixie is, uh, I think, only coming in this week, you know, but I, I'm sure it will be Douglas. There's no question. <laughs> I, I, you know, Trixie's very well trained. Douglas is not. He's he's quite out of control, I think. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to work with, though, and very funny. Mm. How is it doing your first straight play? 
oh, it's incredible adventure for me. You know, it's completely different. When I sing opera, first of all, singing is hard. I mean, it's, it's and operas are long. And we're also, um, uh, we have this underpinning of orchestral music the whole time, whereas with theater, it's you have much more freedom. You can, you can change the pitch or the speed at which you're saying something. It's, it's totally different. And there's constant interaction with your colleagues, you know, it's a very ensemble effort. So how well do you think you would do in a Jeopardy section about opera? Oh, Jeopardy? Well, you know, not always. I don't get them all right, you know, because sometimes they're pretty obscure, the questions. So I think, and then I sort of think, well, who came up with this question? <laughs> you know, and what, what, what person could answer this? But, uh, uh, but most of them I get. Congratulations. We can't wait to see the show. Oh, We're very excited to see it. Thank you. I hope you'll be inspired to sing a little bit. <laughs> Yay. We're here with Lisa Damore, the playwright of Airline Highway. Hello. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So tell us a little about the show. Um, so Airline Highway is a play that's set in my hometown of New Orleans, and it's set in the Humming Hummingbird Motel, which is a once glamorous, now crumbling motel on Airline Highway. And it's about a group of people that you might want to call outcasts, um, poets, strippers, philosophers, and some of them live in this motel. And one of their um, dear friends and mother figures, Miss Ruby, who is in her 80s and who ran a burlesque club for many years on Bourbon Street, is dying and she has requested a funeral before she dies and uh, and so this play takes place over the course of one day and it's them preparing for and then throwing Miss Ruby's living funeral. If you could Tom Sawyer your own funeral what would you want to see? Wow um, at my funeral uh, we'd be serving old fashions mm -hmm. and um, people would come in costume for sure. Uh, and I think that I would ask everyone to bring like their favorite song that they would love to sing as a group so that there would be lots of singing, for sure. Um, I think that's a pretty good start. Yeah, so. that's great. great. What's your favorite part about working with Julie White? Oh, wow. Um, it's been an amazing week. I've been working with her for a week. Um, you know, Julie's from Texas, and the character that she plays, she's kind of the one who's planning and hosting the party. And I'm finding that Julie and I, um, we really have similar um, hosting styles, and she really understands um, all of the uh, a joy and eccentricity that goes into hosting a Southern party. Um, we also connect uh, because I, she was not on drill team in high school, and I was, but she always wanted to be. So we have all of these great Southern connections, and she's bringing this amazing um, Southern energy into the play, which is awesome. We can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm Joe Tippett. I play Bait Boy. I'm Carolyn Braver. I play Zoe. It takes place at the Hummingbird Hotel, and it's just uh, a, a colorful palette of misfits and uh, deviants, sexually and emotionally. Sounds fun. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> no, it's you know, it's just a, it's it's sort of about like a 
community of people who find strength in each other because the world has been kicking them around for a really long time. Like the theater. Like the theater. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. So if you could Tom Sawyer your own funeral, what would you want to see? A lot of people. Like so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about how great my heart was. <laughs> That's very sweet. Ironically, she died of a heart attack. <laughs> In this situation. What about you? What would I want to see at my own funeral? Um, I just uh, people partying and having an amazing time and drunk and. No, no, no. Yours was like very sweet, and then mine is just like super immature and like yeah, I don't know. People just drunk and vomiting and hooking up. Like today, St. Patrick's Day. Like St. Pat. Yeah, I want my funeral to be like St. Patrick's Day. Great. Only like in the fall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite part about working with Julie White? With Julie White. Yeah. Who's Julie White? <laughs> we love her. <laughs> Who doesn't? She's great. Um, Julie White is so playful, and she she does like these. She just comes up with all this awesome stuff, and it's different every time. And so it's really <clears throat> awesome to just play with her. I'm excited to see what she's going to be like in performance too. So yeah, it's cool. It's like a masterclass. Nice. Excellent. Anything about Julie White? Julie White is very like disarming. She's makes she makes everybody else incredibly comfortable, which f particularly for me because I'm kind of just dropping in. It's incredibly helpful. Yeah, I, Ju Julie's amazing. She's just like tons of fun and like high energy, which is helpful. We can't wait to see the show. We're really excited about it. I can't wait to see her. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for being so low key. <laughs> That's what we're all about over here. Bye, internet. Hi, my name is Scott Jake, and I play Wayne, the manager of the hotel. Hi there, I'm Ken Marks, and I play Francis. You know, it's it's there's it, 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 it's very much uh, uh, you know touching on a lot of the issues of cities that are getting gentrified, you know, in these neighborhoods that were once, you know, living, breathing areas for lots of artists and, and uh, you know, p people who were, you know, fringy. And uh, these people get sort of pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And, and it's, happening, it's happening in New York. Yeah, it happens in Chicago. It happens in New York. Where, you know, artists can't afford to live where right. they work anymore. Right, right, right. So, I mean, that touches, the play touches on that. If you could Tom Sawyer your own funeral, what would you want to see? Well, I'd want to know that all my friends were there and they were having a good time and that they were saying whether it was all nice or not, I don't know, but at least I made an impact on uh, to, for the better on their lives, I guess. And, and then just a lot of music, a lot of dancing, a lot of maybe some crying and laughing. And I don't know, I guess a big party would be what I would do. I think um, an enormous amount of people and everyone is so overcome with grief that they can barely speak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <No>, that's great. <laughs> um, so, what's your guys' favorite part about working with Julie White? She put she when she gets those eyes on me, I like, uh oh. <laughs> she looks at me, and I'm thinking, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I think she has boundless energy, and she brings uh, uh, a, a sort of a joy to what she does. And she's she's been perfectly willing to just leap in here with some of us who have done the show before, and just you know, 
take yeah. no prisoners. So she's, you know, I'm I'm also a newbie. So uh, to watch her kind of leap gives me hope and strength and sense of fun. She can do it. Kate Todd Freeman and I play Sissy Nana. Judith Roberts and I play Ms. Ruby. Ms. Ruby, the lady of the hour. Well, yes, she does. She gets carried in on that gurney by strong, <laughs> like strong. I know, I know. Just gets carried down those stairs. They're pretty terrific. I remember trying it the first time in Chicago. It was. Wow. Never thought I'd think about it anymore. <laughs> Just lay there. You're a brave lady. Were you both with the production in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. What's it like bringing it to New York? Uh, it's great. Uh, you know, I always, it's like the nine billionth play I've moved from one location to another. So it's always fun. The new energy of the new people, re-examining the piece, you know, trying to improve your, what you're doing, what you did, you know, trying to break it down again and yeah. Just be better. <laughs> Just be better. Just be better, Judith. Just be better. <laughs> or at least try. Anyway, or at least try. Whether you not. succeed or not, that's a whole other story. <laughs> if you could sort of have your own Miss Ruby experience or like Tom Sawyer, your own funeral, what would you want to see? Oh my go goodness! I would. What could be better than this, with all the beads and being brought down by these handsome guys? <laughs> and yes, 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 yes. And so you're actors. I think it's part of your job to be handsome. Yeah. We are being brought downstairs with all of the love that you feel, and all the little duckies, the little things they make up for me that is part of our past. Yeah, it's great. Couldn't be better in this set. I would probably do one of those um, New Orleans um, second line jazz, you know, band kind of things. I think that's, that'd be yeah. a kind of cool funeral to have. Ask about what I'm going to have when I die. What? Ask about what I'm going to do when I die. <laughs> 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 the theme of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to do? Many, many years away. Many years. Well, sure. But this is, if you could see it from above. Yeah, yeah Tom Sawyer. Yeah. He's still alive when it's happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ms. Ruby insisted upon having it before. Yeah. 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 Well, no. she claims not to remember that. No. <laughs> she claims not to remember a lot. Yeah, <laughs> So what's your guys' uh, favorite thing about working with Julie White? She's lovely. A lovely lady. And she's really good. So what can you what more can you say? She's in, she's enjoined us. Yes. Yeah, we just laugh and act silly and just yeah. insult each other back and forth. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's <laughs> she and I have the same sense of humor, so it's kind of yeah, it's great. That's nice. Yeah. I'm Tim Rose, and I play Terry, the handyman. I'm Caroline Neff, and I play Krista, a stripper. What's your guys' favorite part about working with Julie White? She is hilarious. Um, she definitely keeps um, 
levity in the room and she's also I mean the, the there are so many intricacies to the play and to the rhythms of the play to the movement of the play um, and she's been able to drop in and and pick those up really really quickly so she's also really facile um, and like generous as an actor and as a person and um, she's lovely <laughs> I really can't add anything to that <laughs> I mean, to do more would just be an overkill, wouldn't it? No, no, it's absolutely, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a joy, you know. It's when you have somebody that has that talent that just brings it in immediately. You know, it takes this, you know, this this whole thing in a different direction, and that different direction is a good direction. So yeah, it's and she's going to teach me how to pose for cameras. Yes, yeah, right, because I she don't. Does it well. It's been really exciting. I mean, it's been, you know, from day one, I feel like the play is getting is getting clearer and um, much deeper. And it's been interesting to sort of keep it in development for this long. You know, we started, I did a workshop of this play almost two years ago. Um, and we started rehearsals in November. So from November until March, the play's been in constant development. And we have a whole nother month and a week before we even open, which is really exciting and to know that everybody's sort of game to keep working and keep changing and keep developing uh, has been really great. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the same music, but imagine that the same music is now being done differently. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, like Coltrane did uh, My Favorite Things, you know, so everybody remembers the Sound of Music version of My Favorite Things and then Coltrane went and took it to another place and to another level. Yeah. And so that's what's happening with this now, you know, it's uh, it was based in something uh, very real for Lisa because that's where she grew up and so these people she a lot of these people she knew and she still knows to this day and the place is real and the place is all I mean, not real. the hummingbird it's based off a real a real no tell motel right on airline highway <laughs> but she knows a terry you know not by that name and she knows a crystal not yeah. by that name and so the journey really the journey personal. has been one of like pure growth mm -hmm. and you can feel it you know and it's not just growing out it's also growing up mm -hmm. if you could have a miss ruby or tom sawyer experience what would you want to see at your funeral a lot of bourbon yeah a lot of bourbon <laughs> a lot of bourbon and and more bourbon um man you know that's that's great you know it's like i have one daughter i just want to you know my daughter's a dancer and so i just want to see her there just partying up you know and just know that you know she's my heart so. yeah i want to i want to make sure like I, I would want i would want good food and mm -hmm. good booze and good music <laughs> and just to know that like the people that we've left are taken care of right absolutely we can't wait to see the show it sounds really nice special you both yeah. yeah it is special i won't get a chance to see it i have the worst seat in the house <laughs> you swing out one day there's swings right <laughs> yeah. i don't think they like that so much <laughs> you know something tells me they would charge me for the ticket <laughs> well it is a subscription based it you is know a subscription -based theater, you're right thank you so much Okay, and we just record it? Yeah, just, full, just with this microphone. Oh, cool. <laughs> so it doesn't matter that she just touched my hair? Yeah. Does my hair look insane? No, it looks very nice. Okay, I just okay. cut it all off. Oh, and I life change? Yeah. yeah, I just felt I had too much hair. I actually you know that, that recently. I cut like four inches off my hair. You can't tell it's all up. But. Mine was like down to... Mine was there too, and I cut it to here. Yeah. I just had that sort of bad feeling like I'm 
I've turned 50 years old. I can't have all this hair. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who am I fooling? Julie White, you can do whatever you want. Well, That's what I was going to say. Okay, so I cut it off, but I still don't know how to do it. Okay. Like, I don't know what product to put in it. Yeah. And I kind of cut it for this play, too, because I wanted to have, like, a, a little homage to Julieta Messina in Knights of Cabiria. What, what did we say? Oh, okay. Jill Sobuel, the oh, singer-songwriter. I kissed a girl. Uh, yeah, and she kind of looks like a little sprite. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then also we wanted to put just a tiny bit of that little cowgirl doll from Toy Story. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Amazing. I love that. I know. So do you not wear a wig in the show? No, I'm not going to wear a wig. I'm going to do this and kind of mar try to Marilyn it a little bit, you know, like big curl. And I think I'm going to color it like sort of a trashy blonde. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like that idea. But I have such a good hair colorist, he's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to get his hackles all up in a knot over this when I'm like, make it look bad. I want it to look like she bought it at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Like, I want it to like be good product for your hair, for the health of your hair. Yes. So I don't want to completely fuck my hair over. Oh, whoops. I said fuck on the podcast. We're explicit. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, and I want it to have roots, you know. Yeah. It's like when men are in period pieces and they walk around New York City with mutton chops. Oh my God, wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> so, I mean, at least with hair, I can put a hat on it. I can put a scarf on it. it and it, it isn't the, uh, the longest run in the world, you know? I mean, it, it's such a short run that once I color it, I think I'd only have to do it one more time, especially since I don't care about roots showing. Yeah, it's part of the whole thing. But I should go kind of up there. They're leaning me towards blonde because I was like, maybe it should be pink. Oh. Or like pieces that are pink. Yeah, highlights or just just the tips. Oh my god, <laughs> that Xtina thing. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so trashy when she did that. I'm so glad she grew out of that phase. She. Why did she do that? I mean, it, it, that was like a. It was like a. It, maybe. Oops. Not at that point though. She's real skinny then. Oh, because she she's got daddy issues. <laughs> Listen to her album Stripped. It's right on there. Wait, when was Stripped? Two thousand two. Oh, okay. So that was early. Yeah. Was beautiful on there. Yeah. Okay. When I was doing. Um, uh, the Little Dog Laughed with Zoe Lister-Jones off-Broadway. The second act opens and we're both in these little boxes sort of upstage and the lights go to black and then they, and every time they would, we would whisper to each other, don't look at me. <laughs> That's fantastic. We loved Xtina. We would listen to her so much. But love that song. No, I'm glad. She's she's pretty cute. I'm starting to watch The Voice. Yeah. I'm liking it. And it, Adam Levine, right? Is that Maroon 5? Yes. Okay, so he has that song. Sugar, so sweet. Come and spread your love on. Oh, my God. It's so sexy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Maroon 5. Their lyrics are a little... Except for... that. Did they do that song, Animal? Like yeah. an animal. Which everyone thought it was animals, 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 balls. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think that was really the lyric. I don't think so. It's like everyone thought that in that Taylor Swift song that it was something about Starbucks lovers. Oh, yeah. But it's no. Star-crossed lovers, no. isn't it? It's what is it? Got a long list of ex-lovers. Oh. This is how I feel about, like, listening to Aida, or I mean, not Aida, uh, Evita with, with Panda Lapone, where then I listened to it with Elaine Page, and I was like, oh, those are the lyrics. Mighty Europe. Oh, I had no idea what that was. Sometimes Patty just does not have time for consonants. Right, right. She's all about hitting the note. Man, and holding it. Yeah. Killing it, crushing it. Exactly. Julie White, tell us about this show that oh, you're doing. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I am, uh, Airline Highway is a swell new play. It's a real big ensemble piece, which you don't see very often in the theater because they can't afford it. Um, and Lisa Demore is a playwright, but she also is a super cool human being who I was aware of because she's friends with the graffiti artist Swoon, who recently had a retrospective at the Brooklyn Museum. And she built those big boats that she sailed them up the Hudson out of found objects, remember? And then they had her to the Venice Biennial, and she was the hit. I mean, so cool, right? Lisa was on the boat in the Hudson and wrote a performance piece. So every time the boat stopped, there was like a scene, a thing happening that was scripted by Lisa. So this, I mean, this is like one of her first, well, I think it might be her first produced play in New York City, but, you know, more traditional play. But it does have a little bit of a feeling of like you're watching a performance piece, like you're watching things happen as they happen, which is the kind of theater I just love. And the kind of acting I like is the kind of acting where you're kind of not sure that anyone's acting. Like, what's happening now? Like, what's happening? You start to feel something like, uh-oh, something's gone amiss. You know what I mean? So this is an opportunity for me to get to work on something like that. I'm really excited about it when I'm not like thinking about Taylor Swift lyrics. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> and how come J-Lo is so pretty? She's so beautiful. She is so fucking pretty. It's like she's carved out of magic candy. She like is glow, glistens. Glow, that's her perfume. I may have to get some of that. <laughs> We're with Jack Feldman, lyricist for Newsies. <laughs> yes, hi. What an evening. Amazing, amazing show. Really blew me away. What's it like to be back at Paper Mill? Oh, it's so fantastic. Spent so many great, great days and evenings here. Um, they were our good luck charm. Can you give us your best Patrick Page impression? I'm so bad at impressions. <laughs> and of all people, he deserves a professional impressionist. He's so, yeah, he's pretty amazing. Have you seen the Newsies tour? Yes, I have. Yeah. And I'm going out to LA for the opening out there. Great. Uh, but I've seen it in about four or five cities. Yeah. 
the, the cast is fantastic. I love Newsies so much. Um, so thank you for Newsies. Yeah, we actually made a, um, a couple of videos about, about Newsies when it was on the Broadway or when it opened on Broadway. Oh, wait a minute. Were you guys... <laughs> oh my God! You're famous. No, you're famous. No, no, no. You are famous. Oh, nice going. Thank you. You, Thank you. you guys have quite the series going. Well, we are inspired by amazing work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so funny. It's great to meet you. It's great to meet you and great that you're out here supporting your good friend, Alan Menken. Oh, always. <laughs> always. He's, they don't, they don't make them any better than him. We're here with Steven Schwartz. Congratulations, the show was fantastic. Thank you so much, we're so happy with it. It was a really exciting night. What were some of the challenges that you had in expanding the show? Well, I, I don't know that it was so much about expanding the show as reimagining it. Um, first of all, not just for the stage, but really deciding to go back more to the novel, to the Victor Hugo, and to have the license not to be thinking too much about a family audience, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you know, Disney um, very um, surprisingly gave us great support in going very much against what you would consider the Disney brand um, and just encouraged us to go for it for, you know, this co-production between Paper Mill and La Jolla. Can you give us your best Patrick Page impression? Oh, I don't, I can't get my voice down that many octaves. My, my voice is, I don't think I can, I don't think I can really reach Quasimodo. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Patrick has. Before we get to your hair, we're here with Adam Smonsky. Andrew. Andrew. No. I know. No, we like, no. people say Adam. I don't know why. I just look like an Adam. You, I don't know. You're giving me a lot of biblicalness right now, so I think that's the problem. Well, the when are you playing Jesus in a show? With Who's the casting? You know? <laughs> the funny thing is I practiced your last name, and then I said Adam. That's pretty funny. Well, I'm impressed that you got Samonsky. Yeah. I'll practice Andrew next yeah. time. Yeah. That's my dad's name. <laughs> well, then what is wrong with you? I have daddy issues. Uh-oh. <laughs> Should I be asking the questions now? No, no. Back to your hair. It's glorious. Yes. Wow. Thank you. We, I work, we just, I've worked really hard at it. We really appreciate the dedication to the hair. Real hair, no wig. You know, I spent a long time waiting watching it grow, you know? So I put a lot of hard work in, just sitting, letting it grow. It paid off. Thank you. <laughs> Can you give us your best Patrick Page impression? Oh, gosh. <clears throat> um, I'm glad you told me. Thank you. Let me think of a good line. What, let's, what's a good line? Um, Through borders porous as a sieve, we let them come and let them live. Nice. That was good. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's good that my voice is tired. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get that vocal fry a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank the you. The show was fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. We also really like <laughs> Scandalous. It's a celebration. Well, you, you look I've, like you don't believe me. I really loved Scandalous. I saw it multiple times. It actually, it actually was a quite. It wasn't a bad show. We just, you know, it had, it had its things, but I had a great time doing it, and Carol Lee was amazing, and you know. But uh, I'm so glad you liked it. I loved that show. I had a really great time doing it, to be honest. Yeah, so, that's awesome. That's I'm like sorry it was so short. Yeah, me too. I would have seen it ten more times. <laughs> well, that would have been about the length of the run. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Eric Lieberman, we're here with you. Congratulations on the show, it's fantastic. Thank you so much, it's an honor to be a part of it. It's really a tremendous production, I think. I have to say, I was looking forward most to who was playing Clopin, because he's one of my favorite characters in the movie, and you delivered. Thank you very much. It's been an interesting juggling act between the uh, Clopin from the animated feature that people love and the Victor Hugo Clopin, so hopefully we strike the balance. Yeah. Well, like the the book, it's a little darker than the one we're used to. Yes, much darker. Much. It was a stark time. It was a, a very undernourished time for a lot of people, and Clopin led many of them. Can you give us your best Patrick Page impression? Hellfire! Dark fire. I can't even get that. <laughs> that timbre is just too. I was say, Clopin is a little. He's yeah, up there. <laughs> Clopin's more in the in the vaulted ceiling, and 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 uh, Patrick's in the basement. And the, I love the balance. Is the best thing. <laughs> We're here with Sierra Renee. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. The show is fantastic. We also, side note, loved Big Fish, and you were amazing in it. Thank you. Thank you. It's actually one of my favorite shows now. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Can you give us your best Patrick Page impression? Uh, <laughs> God hurts. It's like so low. It's don't like, hurt the gift. I know, Save right? the gift. We're not gonna. We're not gonna ruin anything. Right. <laughs> Do you think the show would be better with a dog? I have been petitioning for a dog or a goat or yeah, some kind. Right. Of Where's your goat? Yeah, exactly. Where's Jolly at? I think there should always be an animal in everything. <laughs> Did you have a hard time working with the flash pots? I know that would like freak me out. Um, no, you know what? I really trust our crew. They're, they're always really safe. They do everything by the book, you know. Um, it's taken a little time to get it regular and, and working the right way, but now that it does, it, it's fine. Every single night I feel totally fine. Yeah. Were you aware going into this that this was going to be like a darker version, closer to the book? Yeah, you know what? I think honestly, Everyone involved with this was excited about that idea. Um, I mean, the Disney is great, and we love the score and everything like that, um, but the, the novel is just so moving, and, and I think we really wanted to stay true to that, and, and it's dark, so. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Page, everyone's favorite villain. Hi, how are you? <laughs> nice to meet you. 
We're so great. Congratulations. The show is wonderful. Thank you. Did you enjoy it? Yes. What was your favorite part? You. Thank you. That's what you're supposed to say. But, like, legitimately, I would have said that, like, if it was anyone. I'm going to ask you the exact same question that I've been asking everyone all night. Can you give me your best Patrick Page impression? Uh, well, I think it would probably be something really self-important, like <laughs> with an ascot and a cigarette holder yeah. or something. I don't smoke, but it would, yeah. it would probably, it's yeah, it's just there. It should probably be some, a little Noel Coward-esque, I don't know what it would be, but it, I, I can't possibly give it to you now. But. This is why it's good to keep your old playbills. I saw you and your wife on the, the Beauty and the Beast tour in Chicago. Wow. That was a long time ago. That was almost 20 years ago because we met on that tour in August of 1995. So that would have been 20 years ago when she and I met. And Chicago would have been about a year later, so about 19 years ago. Wow, good memory. Thank you. That's or why. Good, or good playbill reading. <laughs> what other villains would you like to play? Well, you know, most uh, uh, the villain is a is a tricky word. Uh, I sometimes play people who do bad things, and some of the people who do bad things that I would still like to play that I haven't played yet are Leontes in The Winter's Tale. Shylock in Merchant of Venice. Um, I played a lot of the other ones. That's the thing is I, I played them. I played Iago, Macbeth, Richard III, Claudius. I'd like to do Claudius again in Hamlet. Um, and I and I very much like to do Sweeney Todd. So put the word out. Oh yeah. Word yep. is out. Yep. Oh my god. About that idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess that's part of the the challenge is to find the human in the villain. Yeah, that's what's fun. Yeah. The, the fun thing is finding why somebody does something bad. Look, I think we're all probably doing really terrible things all the time <laughs> yeah. that we don't realize because the cultural context. I don't think the Nazis realized they were doing terrible things because in their culture it wasn't thought to be terrible. I think there are probably things we're doing now which are probably really awful, but we don't really realize it because it's part of our culture. Um, I don't know, for example, if eating animals is a terrible thing or not, but I eat them every day because they're delicious. Um, <laughs> So maybe one day it will be thought to be a really villainous thing to eat animals. I don't know. Some people already think it is. Some people already think that. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.